welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, here we are again. We get a new year, uh, new goals, new vision theme, and uh, I'll be releasing that next week. There might be some hints in this message today. But uh, we are starting uh, off the year with a sermon on our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I just wanna read what 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says. Rejoice always. I think we do that good at River Valley. We pray continually. That's what we're supposed to do. And then give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We are to pray continually And uh, we have a prayer focus for 21 days every year at the start of the year. And I know some people are like, every year? Are we doing this every year? Yes, it is a tradition every year. We have great expectation. There's anticipation. Um, It really has become a ritual, if you will. And I know some people are like, whoa, whoa, ritual. No, rituals are good things, and they get a bad rap. And um, rituals are things that we do that actually put our faith into action. It actually gets what we believe into action and we do these rituals and they're, they're different from routines and we'll talk about that. But with the new year, um, it's probably really appropriate to talk about this with Christmas uh, because Christmas uh, has so many rituals in it and it's, Christmas is like the pinnacle of the rituals and, and, and even part of that is singing Christmas carols. And if we don't sing enough, how many know I hear about it, right? Yeah, and people email me, but hey, we just finished the pinnacle of it and um, Christmas is a beautiful ritual, and there's so many things that we do that say, I wanna put my faith into action, and I wanna uh, celebrate what I believe, and I wanna thank God for sending Jesus, and there's the focus of, of Jesus, and the rituals and the things that we do, and we're like Christmas Eve services, and lighting candle, just there's things that we do, and they put our faith into action, and we say, I'm gonna volunteer at the shelter, and I'm a, there's just things that we do that are part of worshiping God and uh, make Christmas special. And um, if it ever becomes routine and we're just going through the motion and, and no meaning to it, and we're just on autopilot, yep, yep, here we go, this, we, you, we've lost it. It's become routine instead of a ritual. And, and um, the world is just trying to take uh, Christ out of Christmas. I, I just see it year after year after year. And I know that I've said that, you know, when people say happy holidays, I'm always like, Merry Christmas. You know, and I'm, I'm like, I'm that guy, you know, I'm that guy, I do it. And um, I, I just wanna vent for a second here on, on something that is just a, 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 a tradition that we do. We, we go to New York uh, as a family. I cash in my points from traveling and I get us there and, and uh, we go for a couple of days, eat and go to the favorite places. And uh, I just wanna show this picture before I tell the rest of the story. Uh, if you didn't see this picture uh, on social media, this is the family, this is the Instagram picture of the family. You see how happy we all look. Even Beckham, our grandson is right there. He's smiling. What you can't see is there was a dog right in the bottom of that picture. I cropped it out and he was just like, puppy! You know, but hey, it worked, right? That's the Instagram shot. And then here's the reality of what the day turned out to be like. If you can see Beckham, he is screaming. He's like, I don't care about the tree. I don't care about the toy that grandpa bought me. It, it, we're, all right, but it was, it was a fun tradition, but we were there. And here's the thing that bothered me. Um, again, it, it's, it, Christmas is about Christ. It's about, we're celebrating Jesus and, and the birth of our savior. And you know, Saks Fifth Avenue has this light display on their building. And this year, it, it it wasn't even Christmas, 
Not that it would be gospel, like you're like, it's New York, Pastor Rob, but I've been at shows in New York and have seen like a better gospel presentation than many sermons. I was shocked before. So yeah, it's New York, but Saks usually has a Christmas display. This year, the Christmas lights were um, uh, the astrology. And I was like, you're kidding me, like Libra, Pisces. I was like, are you kidding me? That was, there was no Christmas music. It was like, oh my goodness, they're gonna take like a, 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 the ritual of Christmas and, and the worship of Jesus and just make it, it's about shopping, it's routine, it's what, I, I, it just, anyways, enough venting. Um, rituals versus routine. Rituals are dynamic, routines are static. It's like, Matthew 6 alludes to this, to the way people pray. You know, pagans just, routine. But a ritual is something that is valued and it's esteemed and it, it puts our faith and what we believe into action. And routines are just like muscle memory. And they're just like, you know, I wake up at this time, I do this and I put my slippers on and then I brush my teeth. And how many have ever done the brush your teeth with the opposite hand? You know what I'm saying? Like you try to, you know, then you gotta, so, but it's routine. You just do the same thing. And you're like, I stop at the same coffee shop. I walk the dog, that's routine. Ritual is something that again, puts our faith into action. There's, there's a meaning to it. And, and when we, we, we talk about the ritual of praying, 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's become a ritual at River Valley. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's something that's not just routine. And I want us to go into our 21 days of prayer and fasting, not with just, it's routine. It's just, yep, we do that. Tuesdays, prayer, yep. No, this is something that we are putting our faith into action, what we believe. And I want it to be elevated. I want it to be celebrated. I want it to be significant with these 21 days. And so as we go into this, um, we are gonna be praying and we're gonna be fasting and we're praying that God will form us into his image. We're praying that we will have breakthrough. We're praying that the, the things that he's placed in our heart will come to pass. We're praying that uh, he will be glorified this year. And there's several things. So we're gonna talk about prayer and fasting, and I hope you're excited about this. Some of you are like, did, did he say fasting? I did, I said fasting. And we are gonna get there. And I'm telling you, there, we should be excited about this. Um, now, I wanna let you know that uh, at each of your campuses, your pastors should be telling you about uh, how the tools that are available, but just to make sure you can get our app and you can follow along there. You can get resources online. If you've never fasted before, we have resources that you can get. We can show you how to do this and uh, don't excuse yourself out of it. Let's lean into this. Jesus wants us to pray, obviously, if we follow his life and example, and he also wants us to fast because in Matthew 6, 16, he says, when you fast, when you fast, okay? And he said, don't look somber as the hypocrites do for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But he says, when you fast. And so we're going to fast and he wants us to fast. And I want us to be excited about this. Now, I do wanna say that Tuesdays are a special day for us and uh, Tuesdays at all of our campuses. Uh, and again, it's from January 8th to the 28th. Uh, I want us to be praying together. We'll have a 6 a.m. prayer time together. We'll have a 12 noon prayer time together and a 6 p.m. So we have three different times. Some can make all, some can make one or two. Uh, you might wanna bring your children to these uh, prayer meetings and they're gonna be on Tuesdays. All the campuses will have that Maple Grove, Chaska. Uh, they'll give you specific uh, instructions how yours because the rest of the campuses will go on site. And online is just at noon, just at noon. 
Um, but we're gonna be praying. And then fasting, some of you uh, can fast a meal. Some of you will fast a meal a day. Some of you will fast a full day. Some of you will fast successive days, uh, which what I will be doing, many of the pastors will be doing, our elders. But we believe this will help us to draw closer to God. We believe he's gonna open doors. We're believing that salvations will come of this. We believe the supernatural will be released. And we're leaning into this with anticipation. So let me start with prayer um, as we jump into this. Prayer um, is spiritual communication with God. That's what it is. Because again, I don't want to assume that people know, uh, but prayer is spiritual communication with God. It's a two-way relationship. We're, we're talking and we're listening. God is talking and he's hearing what we're saying. There's, it's a two-way thing. And he speaks to us. And I know people will like, you know, oh, he speaks to you. Um, There's an article not just a couple of weeks ago in the Star Tribune uh, about Sparkle, which they put it in December. And I was glad to see that. And I thought it was a very fair art- article and enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, one of the comments was like, anybody that thinks the sky God speaks to them, watch out. You know, hey, newsflash, God speaks. God speaks and we're listening. Yeah, we're listening. And we're not crazy. God's speaking and we're, it's, it's a two-way relationship. And he speaks to us through his spirit because uh, God is spirit and he speaks to us. It sounds like an inner voice. It's not your voice, but he just, it sounds kind of like your conscience, but it's more than that. It's the spirit of God speaking to you. And when we're praying, we're sharing our needs, our struggles, our desires. And I wanna say this, everyone can pray. I'm surprised so many times when people say like, I've never prayed before. I don't know how to pray. Or the only prayer I ever did was like, I said yes to Jesus. And I don't know, we want you to learn how to pray, to know how to pray, and everyone can pray. And this is another stretch, like some of you praying out loud. Everyone can pray out loud too. And I encourage you, if you've never done that, make that a goal this year that I'm gonna pray out loud. I'm gonna pray out loud in front of family or in front of friends or whatever, but everyone can pray. Now, why does God want you to pray? I found a few points here uh, as I was studying. I found a, a message by Dan Betzer, uh, who's pastor in Florida, and I just enjoyed what he said, a couple points. Um, so I'm gonna pass those on to you. But why does God want you to pray? Uh, first of all, because praying causes you to be strong in the Lord. Praying causes you to be strong in the Lord. Jude 1.20 says, but you, dear friends, by building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, you're building yourself up, praying in the Holy Spirit. There's something about you getting stronger. And many of you work out and you jog and you run and you lift weights. and You're like, I'm gonna keep my body in shape. Well, praying gives you spiritual strength. And I think there's a lot of, you know, like, you know, you see people that work out and, um, they'd never do leg day. You know, you see like chicken legs and then you know, up, you know, I, I'm just telling you, like a lot of us need to do prayer day. A lot of us need to do prayer day. Like we, we, we are not strong. We are not strong. And I, I know that many of us love like, well, I learned this in the word and I learned what this word meant and I learned this. We need more strength in prayer. I think of when Dr. Barnabas from Tanzania was here and he was preaching at our conference and he was just like, we need to pray more. Our savior prayed all the time. Why don't we pray? If he needed the strength, we need the strength. He's like, why are you trying to do it in your own strength? Why are we trying to do it in our own strength? Praying causes us to be strong in the Lord. 
The Apostle Paul, I mean, you would think he's strong, and yet he was praying. He said in Ephesians 6, 19, pray for me that whenever I speak, words will be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. He's like, pray that I have strength. I want strength. And I, I think we need more prayer for strength. Like, let's, let's be bold. Let's be strong in what we lead. Second thing, prayer helps you to ward off temptation. There's, there's not much fighting of temptation anymore. Like, if you look, it's almost like people don't think, like, I gotta fight off temptation. Uh, we wanna fight off temptation. We wanna be formed into his image. We wanna look more like God. And it's almost like society's like, why bother? Just ask for forgiveness. No, we wanna fight. Matter of fact, Jesus, when he was telling us how to pray, he said, lead us not into temptation. In Matthew 26, 41, he says, watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Like he's telling us like, if you wanna fight temptation, pray. If you are struggling with something and you need to fight temptation, you need to pray more. You need to pray more. And God, I'm praying. And it, remember, you're getting the strength, but I'm praying, God, help me to avoid. Don't lead me into temptation. Help me to be strong and not fall into temptation. The apostle Paul said this. Jesus says, pray when you're facing temptation. And here's what Paul said, run. <laughs> Pray while you're running, okay? <laughs> Second Timothy 2, 22, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. He's like, so Jesus is like, man, when you're, pray that God will, will help you to fight that temptation. And Paul's like, run, run and pray. Good thing, run and pray. All right, prayer lets you bring your request before God. I love that I can go to my heavenly father and pray and bring my requests. To God, and I, I, I bring the tiniest things, the biggest things. I mean, we pray for everything. And Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. It's, you can do that. You can do that, and you can pray and bring them. And I love what Matthew 6, 8 says. It says, your father knows what you need before you ask him. He knows what you need before you ask him. And he's just waiting for you to ask. And I think that there's a lot of things that we need to do and, and pray and bring before our heavenly father. Another thing, prayer opens opportunities, opens doors for opportunities. Colossians 4, 3 again, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Paul's saying like, pray. Pray that God will give us an opportunity. Pray that God will open a door. And I, I think we need to do this more often. I think we need more door opening prayers. And in 2024, open the door in 2024. All right, yeah, there you go. Uh, pray more in 2024 and open the door. All right, I'll stop. All right, all right, all right. But they, they, we need to open the door in the cities, in the school, in the marketplace. We, we need open doors in countries where the gospel needs to go forward. Let's pray for the open doors and the opportunities Jesus invites us to pray and to open the doors. Another thing that prayer does, prayer brings peace. We live in a world that's filled with anxiety. Um, the, I mean, just think about the global economy, um, the uncertainty of that, wars that are going on, the stress that are there, elections and chaos, chaotic elections. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, like we have a lot of, like there's a lot of stress and anxiety and God's like, I'll give you peace. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
Praying brings peace. Praying brings peace. And some of us need to pray more so that the peace of God will, will fall on our life. Pray more, stress less. And let's pray more. Now, with the remaining time, I wanna talk about the fasting because, and I, I'm just praying that uh, we will see more prayer. And by the way, in the last couple of years where we did Ask, Seek, Pray, there have been prayer teams that have been started. There's prayer teams that pray for Becca and I. There's intercessory prayer at several of the campuses on different nights. I mean, I'm just hearing about prayer and the strength of prayer. And even the campuses having the Tuesday morning prayer. Can I just tell you, please make that a priority. In the 21 days of prayer and fasting, you're like, we did it every morning. We had some mornings that were good and low and high. And, and, and we said, let's focus. A lot of the campuses kept Tuesday morning prayer year round, all right? So if you wanna be encouraged, go to the Tuesday morning prayer at 6 a.m. at your campus or wherever you're directed to go. There, we need to pray more. We need to, and I love that we have been and there's been an increase of that going on. So I wanna talk about fasting. And yes, we're gonna talk about abstaining from food or food and water for a set time. And again, go to the, uh, the tools that are online for you that are there. I don't wanna rehash it. Every year I feel like I talk about, and here's this, and go to your doctor. Just, you can figure that out and go to the site and see those tools that are available. Um, but it's a time to abstain from food and water or food just by itself and you're having the water. Um, it's a time where we humble ourselves before God. It's a time where we deny our flesh. And it's a time where we seek closer intimacy with God and we're asking for breakthrough. These are all things that we're doing. And what we do is we exchange um, nutritional nourishment for spiritual nourishment. It's like an exchange going on. And I'm not gonna lie, it's gonna be hard. As soon as you say, I'm gonna fast, as soon as you do that every commercial, how many know I'm talking about? <laughs> McGriddle and this and yeah, and you know, you know, backed by popular demand, everything you love and you know, it's gonna happen, all right? But we're exchanging nutritional nourishment for spiritual nourishment. And fasting, which is interesting, fasting is talked a lot about today, which for years, it was almost like only the church talked about fasting. And now it seems like you hear it all the time. Oh yeah, you know, I was talking to my brother the other day uh, and I said, man, you lost some weight, and that, uh, 38 pounds or something like that. My brother Ryan, and he said, yeah, fasting, you know? And it was like, wow. He's like, yep, I'm doing fasting. I'm doing, I, I only eat in these windows, I'm fasting. And, it's, and I hear people just talking about fasting. I was in uh, a Starbucks recently and they were, guy was like, yeah, I'm fasting. And I'm thinking, oh, it's for the Lord. And he's like, yeah, it's a new cleansing thing. And I was like, oh man, you know. But people are talking about it a lot. And it's really like, it's physical, it's weight loss. And I'm not talking about a health checkup. I'm talking about a soul checkup. I'm talking about a spirit enlarging, rise up moment, God be glorified fasting. And like I said earlier, Jesus ex expected us to fast. When you fast is what he said. He taught more on fasting than on baptism. And he taught more on fasting than he did on the Lord's Supper. And we have water baptisms and we have Lord's Supper every month. And we think about fasting. How often do we do it? Uh, John Wesley, uh, when he was ordaining people, he'd say, how many days a week do you fast? And if the pastor didn't say two days a week, he's like, I'm not ordaining you. Think about that. 
all our staff is like, we're not ordained anymore. All right, yeah, not ordained, all right. But yeah, Jesus talked about it, people did it. It's not abnormal, it's something that we should do. And in our 21 days of, of prayer and fasting, we're gonna humble ourselves. These are the two things I'm believing for as we fast. We're gonna humble ourselves and we're gonna ask for God's strength to accomplish his will, all right? So let me talk with the first one. We're gonna humble ourselves. We're gonna humble ourselves and we're gonna reign in our flesh. C.S. Lewis said this, fasting asserts the will against the appetite, all right? And we say, God, I, I desire to do this and I'm gonna assert this will against my appetite and I wanna humble myself. And there's all sorts of verses in the Bible talking about humbling yourself when you fast. Um, in Psalm 69.10, it says, I humble myself by fasting and people insult me. You know, but the psalmist is saying, I'm humbling myself by fasting. And by the way, if somebody asks you when you're fasting, it's okay to answer. Again, culturally, it just feels like people are like, oh yeah, I'm fasting. I'm fasting again for weight loss, this, this, my heart, this. But if somebody says, hey, are you fasting? You don't have to be like, mm, maybe, you know. I think you can say, yeah, I am, I am. I'm praying for humility and I'm praying for breakthrough spiritually in my life and in our church. I just think the world is more, say it. It's not like keep that in and you could say it. Now you don't have to go around and brag and we talked about that before. You know, Jesus is saying, don't put on the face and don't try to get people to guess. But if they ask, feel free to say this. Psalm 35, 13. It says, uh, the psalmist is saying, yet when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. There's something about fasting that brings about a humility in us and a weakness in us and a realization it's not all about us. Um, David Mathis said this. He said, not everyone who fasts is humble, but humble people fast. And I think, um, I think when I look at the church in general um, in America, um, we could use a dose of humility. We could use more fasting. Um, I was talking to a pastor from India the other day, and he said, um, and it really was the other day. You know, Becca teases me like it's always the other day. No, it really was like about a month ago. And he said, on day 87 of my 100-day fast, and I was like, hold on. 100, he said, all I allowed myself was a piece of bread, like, per day. I was like, okay, what did the Lord speak to you on day 87? And he just said, I don't think the church in America fasts enough. I don't think you pray enough. I don't think you realize we do this because of God's strength. I don't think you realize it's not all about us. And it was so convicting to me. It was so, it just, I mean, I remember telling Becca after I had, had talked to this guy, I just said, it just, I said, it's been a long time since I've like cried and been crushed like that. I really felt like I was crushed. Like this guy's like, he's like, I want to see the work of God. I wanted to see breakthrough. I wanted to see miracles. I wanted to see this happen. And, 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 and he's like, I'm praying and I'm humbling myself and saying, God, may you be exalted. And there's something about humbling ourselves when we fast. We're saying, God, it's not about us. It's about you. It's about your glory. It's about your honor. It, it, we're gonna kill our flesh. We're gonna say no to these things. And we're gonna say yes to you. And as we do this, we're gonna realize 
that, it, again, it's not about us. And some people even, I'm thinking about this, they, they fast social media during the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I, I think that's also a good way of humility, kind of like the picture I showed in the beginning, the Instagram picture and the reality. Like we, it's like, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at mine, look at all this. Something about fasting that humbles ourselves. Second thing, and this is really where I want us to focus as a church, we need to fast because we need God's strength to do his will. I mean, we're gonna, you're gonna hear goals next week. You're gonna hear vision. You're gonna hear like the praise report of things that happened and praise God record year for kingdom builder. I mean, you're gonna hear all these things, but it's his strength that gets it done. Zechariah 4, 6, he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. We need his strength. We need his strength to get this done. We're gonna do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we're gonna be fasting for strength to accomplish all the things that will be shared next week and saying, God, we need strength. Now, I wanna point this out. If you look in the Bible for examples of fasting, in the Old Testament, most of the time, when they were fasting, they were fasting because there was a problem or a threat or you know some obstacle, like there's war coming and they're like, oh God, help us, there's war. Or they're sick and they're like, oh God, help us, we need healing. Some of you might know some stories about um, uh, uh, fasting, like Esther, they're like, all of the Jewish people will be annihilated. She's like, fast, three days, fast. You know, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you don't interpret the dream, you're all dead. What does it say? Daniel's like, we're fasting. There, there's, there's like a desperation for a problem that is there that they're trying to overcome. And they're saying, God, give us the breakthrough to the problem that we're facing. Even interesting, and I won't go into this, but on the day of atonement, that's the day that God would forgive. He'd say, that's the day I'm forgiving your sins and I'm blotting them out that day. And what you're gonna, you're gonna do on that day, you will fast. You will fast on the day that I'm blotting out your sins. So there's a whole bunch to that, but you understand it was like, there's a problem, there's an obstacle, there's something that needs to be taken care of. A lot of Old Testament examples like that. Look in the New Testament and you see the fasting is, it, it's shifting. Jesus, as he's getting ready to launch his ministry and gather his 12 disciples, he goes into a place to be uh, fasting and praying. He's fasting and praying, getting ready to launch a ministry and to gather his disciples. The church at Antioch in Acts chapter 13, they are fasting and praying. And then God says, separate Paul and Barnabas, send them as missionaries. We should fast and pray for our 500. See, they're, they're, it's a forward, it's, it's, I want breakthrough for the things you placed in our heart and the opportunities that are ahead of us. We're not like, Oh, you know, River Valley's under attack. No, River Valley is on mission. River Valley's on mission and we wanna pray for breakthrough. We wanna pray just like they did in Antioch. We wanna pray just like in um, Acts 14. It's again, Paul and Barnabas have been separated in Acts 13. In Acts 14, it says, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. It's like they're planting the church and they're starting new campuses. No, they weren't campuses. They were standalone churches, all right? They're starting new churches and new locations. And they're like, 
you're the elder and you're, we're putting you in the place of leadership and we've been praying and fasting and now we're seizing this opportunity with you and now we're gonna go to another place and we're gonna pray and fast there, build a church and put leaders in. See, it's an opportunity. It's not, some of you are like, well, we don't have a big enough problem. No, it's not. We have huge opportunities in front of us. We have giant doors that we want to open up and opportunities and, and people we wanna reach. And so we're gonna be fasting for humility, but we're also gonna be fasting for open doors and for breakthrough and opportunities like the New, the New Testament church. It was like a, a forward fasting anticipation instead of a present crisis, like save us. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. It's probably the most excited I've been about fasting just because it's like, it's a forward anticipation it's a forward anticipation. It's, we've moved beyond calamities and moved beyond crisis into opportunity and into go, into send, into uh, raise new resources again and millions and millions for kingdom builders. It's, we're praying for this. So as we move into 2024, I'm praying that we would seize those opportunities and we'd say, God, um, open doors, your will be done. Your will be done. And we need your strength to do it. It's not in our strength. It's 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'm asking our church to commit to this, January 8th to the 28th. And let's do this. Let's, let's pray. And, and in just a moment, I'm gonna ask one of the pastors at your campus to come up and pray after my prayer. Like right after my prayer, you go right into prayer for your campus. And then um, as you feel led, take the service from there. But I'm just believing that it's, it's, this is a ritual. It's a good one. It's a good one. Like, are we gonna do it again next year? Yes, yes we are, yes we are. Because this is putting our faith into action and saying this is what we believe and we're gonna pray and we're gonna ask God and we're gonna fast and we're gonna believe you for more. Humble us, exalt yourself, open doors so you can receive the glory. Lord, I just pray right now that that's what would happen, that we would pray and we would fast and we would take advantage of this. I just anticipate Tuesday mornings being filled and, and kids there with their parents and teenagers leading the way. And I just pray that we would just be praying and leaning into this. And I pray that fasting would not be something that's a burden, but it would be a forward anticipation of the breakthrough you wanna do. God, you wanna place elders. You wanna start campuses. You wanna build your church around the world. You want kingdom builders to go to another level. And so God, we pray for breakthrough. We fast for breakthrough and believing for open doors. And now at each of the campuses, God, as the campus pastors or one of the pastors prays, I pray God for just uh, uh, there to be a, a spirit of prayer, a spirit of breakthrough, a spirit of anticipation as we do this for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen.